Hi, I'm Garth Tanner. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. The Enduros begin. Well, yeah, I'm really excited for the Enduros. You know, they're uh, obviously longer races, 500Ks down at, at Phillip Island. And Speed TV USA is coming down under. The reason why they're out here doing this is because of the gaining popularity. You know, we've seen our ratings more than double this year. Plus, a one-on-one with the head of the board, it's Tony Cochran. I mean, the day Australian motorsport starts listening to what creative teams want, we're in deep trouble. All coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Taking the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Phillip Island awaits for all the teams. Jason Bright told us what his team's working on for the Enduros. We've got a car that is making a lot more sense. It's, it's much more similar to, to how I've had cars set up before and, and I think that that's um, you know, going to produce some pretty good results from now on. Rick Kelly is looking to continue his winning form at the island. Obviously we've had a pretty reasonable start to the year even though the consistency hasn't been um, ideal. The two endurance races are a good chance for us to grab some points and try and move closer to third. While Todd thinks the team's never been better prepared. At this point we really couldn't have done anything else. It's you know, it's all shaping up well and we're as prepared as we possibly can be and just can't wait to get there and give it everything we've got. James Moffat is confident. I think it should shoot our, suit our cars. Our cars over, over a distance seem to be better than they do over a shorter distance. Sydney is in the news again last week. The New South Wales Greens passed a motion unopposed in the upper house for the race to be moved from Olympic Park to its original location at Eastern Creek. Tourism and Major Events Minister George Souris said that the contract signed between the former Labor government and V8 Supercars would be honoured, but would not be committed to assuring the fans that a new contract would be offered. Tony Cochran came out defending the event and saying that the event at Sydney and Eastern Creek have no interrelationship. You can hear more on Tony's thoughts on this whole situation in our one-on-one interview a little later in the show. Also, you'll hear more about Speed TV, who'll be covering the Bathurst 1000 this year, with the entire event being shown live. The Speed TV team will also call all the action from a specially built studio in Pitt Lane. To have their top flight NASCAR commentary team actually coming out here, calling it all live, back in America, primetime Saturday night, Daryl on the team. It's, it's a great moment for V8 supercars. I, I am so fizzed up to get down there and, and uh, hang out with these guys. I mean, I've watched this on TV, and I, I, I'm, I'm just really, uh, I, I can't wait to get down there and hang with these guys because it, it's the most exciting racing I've ever seen. 
The team will also cover the Gold Coast 600 when many American-based drivers will be on hand to augment the coverage. To bring your series to the American audience is really going to fill a void. Now, I go back to the days of the Trans Am series of the early 1970s when all of America's best racers were in road race cars, cars that looked like the cars that people were buying in the showroom, running on America's best racetracks with the best talent and the best teams. And since then, aside from the great IMSA Camel GT of the 80s, we haven't had that kind of road racing in America. Uh, so I think this series is just tailor-made for our audience, and it's really going to fill a hunger that they've had for some time. 14-year-old Perth designer Robert Hooper is responsible for the Bathurst livery on the Greg Murphy Pexy Max Commodore. Hooper will be enjoying the backstage pass to remember on the mountain. Current bottles of Pepsi and Pepsi Max give fans a chance to design the Sydney Commodore for the Pepsi crew. Nick Burkhap will be heading off to India soon to compete for Walkinshaw Racing in the final two rounds of India's Formula MRF. And finally, Jonathan Webb will be hoping the force is with him as the Mother Energy Drinks racing car will sport Star Wars motifs in honour of the saga being released on Blu-ray. After the break, our special one-on-one interview with Tony Cochran. Then Dan Crane will talk tech. We'll have Peter Norton and Adrian Mussolino on, along with the independent commissioner, Chris Lambden. I hope you stay with us. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, Tony Cochran joins us on the line now. And, Tony, uh, some exciting news for the V8 Supercar Series. Television coverage live into the United States. And not only that, a huge coverage being supported by US commentators to bring V8 Supercar action to their own audience. Yeah, no, it is a very, very big step for um, not only V8 Supercars, but sport generally in Australia. Um, very, very few Australian-based sports get uh, live coverage of this scale in prime time on a Saturday night into uh, US and, and fully supported by um, being uh, promoted on the Fox network throughout the US as well. It's, it's, a, it's a huge step for both the Bathurst 1000 and the Gold Coast 600. Did you, do you think that this would have happened had you not made the announcement of going to Austin? Oh, look, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit like the chicken and the egg argument. Um, you know, how does one come about? I mean, certainly uh, uh, racing in Austin has made a, um, a big difference to the attitude, I guess, in the whole Fox network in America. Um, they're very excited about having uh, our own race over there, a race that they can call their own. And... Uh, there's definitely, uh, this is part of uh, the whole coverage in, in North America generally stepping up to uh, that race meeting, which will take place uh, sometime in the spring of, uh, of 2013, American time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a natural progression, I guess, in the whole process. But, uh, uh, look, they're all interrelated in, in various ways, shapes and forms. But uh, one thing they all prove is that... Uh, 
um, contrary to what a few um, uh, negative people in Australia would like people to believe, uh, V8 supercars internationally are very much on the march. Mm. Before we, uh, if I can ask you another question about Austin, one big thing is the commentary team that uh, Fox and Speed TV will be bringing out here, and they're bringing out their household names, so the fans who are in America watching it, or even the casual viewers, are going to be enjoying voices that are very familiar to them. Yeah, well, it's their complete A-team who does their NASCAR coverage for Fox. So, um, you know, you've got a three-time Hall of Famer in Daryl there. Uh, You've got our own Lee Diffie returning triumphantly in some respects to uh, call uh, V8 races again in Australia after a six- or a seven-year absence. Uh, Lee's formed a huge career with Speed Channel in North America. Um, so, look, it, it is really, um, you know, the, the top end of the tree. They're bringing out 12 of their own production people. They're going to have their own studio uh, to operate out of in Pitt Strait at uh, both the uh, Gold Coast event and Bathurst. It's just a fantastic result for uh, V8 supercars and, and, as I said, really for sport in general to be uh, given this sort of platform in North America. And, obviously, uh, they're using this as a bit of a test to see... Uh, um, how it will go in the future, and I think uh, if it goes well, I'm sure you'll see lots of other of our events being given the same sort of status. Mm. Back to Austin, and I know a lot of us in the media have been speculating about race format, and a lot of us on this show have been saying we'd love to see a similar format to the Gold Coast at Austin, which would then certainly solidify the links between American and Australian motor racing. Look, we're still open-minded. Um, obviously, there's quite a what, what, there's more than 18 months to go until the first Austin race. It's a five-year contract. Uh, we are talking very much with the Austin promoters. Um, indeed, some of them will be attending the Gold Coast event. Uh, they will look at the format on the Gold Coast. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the format uh, is a joint decision under our contract. Um, so, you know, we've talked about various formats that we could look at for that event. Um, there's been some very good ideas put forward. Um, so we're pretty open-minded on it, and uh, we'll get to a point in time where we work out what we think we'd like to do. And then, of course, naturally under our um, system, we, we then sit down with our team owners and uh, we run it past them and get their feedback before we make a final commitment. But I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been asked this question a lot. And to be honest, I doubt it will be much before February or March of next year before we announce the format for, mm. uh, for 2013 for Austin. 2011 has been a pretty good year, Tony. Just uh, in a business which normally turns small business, uh, large businesses into small businesses and takes a large wad of money into a small wad of money, you've reversed that. And I think in motorsport parlances, you've probably made more millionaires this year in one foul swoop than anyone in the history of motorsport. I don't know about the history of motorsport, but yeah, look, it's been a very, very exciting year for the championship. The uh, the partial sale of um, the championship to Archer Capital has given us new opportunities, has given us a wider capital base than we've ever had before. It's also, of course, um, you know, as you said, made millionaires out of every team owner up and down the pit lane. Um, and uh, good luck to them. And a lot of them have been there and slaved away over many, many years. Larry Perkins, Dick Johnson, uh, the Stone Brothers. Um, all of those guys really deserved uh, that payday, and um, I'm really delighted for them. I'm delighted to have been the one who delivered them that. 
Um, it's been a tremendous 15-year journey for me and, uh, and for uh, a lot of those uh, characters of our pit lane. Um, and it has been a, a great year and now we've got the basis uh, under which to regroup and uh, expand uh, our, our outlook over the next couple of years. And uh, I'm well on the record now of saying that I think by 2013 a couple of things drop into place for us <laughs> and we don't go into a massive another GFC globally, I think we'll be at 18 rounds uh, by 2013. And, and um, you know, for, from a fan's point of view, that will mean that there'll be nearly a race every second week uh, during our racing season on television. And uh, importantly for Australian fans, it's, it's mainly adding new international events uh, rather than uh, at the expense of existing Australian events. And and to that line, I you know I think we're getting very close, hopefully, to making a fairly major announcement regarding Tasmania in the next uh, two to three weeks. Mm. We have also seen a commission set up. How have you seen the integration of a commission into the board or into the, its role with the board being able to work on higher level uh, opportunities? Well, I think it's a really smart idea, and um, you know I'm obviously one of the people that voted for it, so um, I'm clearly not going to. <laughs> be negative about it i think it's uh i think it's a good separation i think it gives um uh, a commission gives ample opportunity to review the sporting code to review the sporting side of uh v8 supercars make you know make their recommendations in the clear light of day with the right people sitting on the commission which you know i have to say in probably 99 percent of circumstances will be rubber stamped by the board um, you know, the board's not there to be um, uh, a negative force to the commission. The board's there very much to take note of what the commissioners want, um, how they want to see the sport go forward, particularly from the rules and uh, um, the, the mechanics, if you like, of our sport. Um, I think it's a very positive. I think, uh, um, you know, Mark Scaife will be a superb chairman when he gets the opportunity to be step into that role as chairman after he retires at Bathurst this year. You know, it's sad in one term to be losing Mark as a driver. He's been such a great credit, um, not only to uh, uh, himself, but to a, a fantastic credit to V8 Supercars. Uh, but, you know, the exciting thing for our, our sport is we haven't lost him to the sport. All of that knowledge and all of that expertise is uh, going to be retained and he's going to be chair of the commission. And quite frankly, I can't think of anybody who is better equipped uh, to uh, have that role. We'll take a break here on the Van Insiders and be back with more with Tony Cochran right after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Tony Cochran is still with us. Two years ago when we spoke to you after Sydney, you are naturally on a high, but you are exhausted. You took that time off last year. Tony, how is your headspace, how is your energy for the job ahead? Are you still uh, going at it 110% or have you been able to get a bit more life balance in there? Well, no, funnily enough, this is probably one of the busiest years of my 15 years involved in the sport because, um, and once again, I, I realise there's people out there that, you know, um, 
the great un-Australian thing, in my opinion, where they just want to knock people who are trying to achieve and, uh, you know, they'd like to convince people in Australia that no one's interested in V8 supercars outside of Australia. But the truth of the matter is, I think I've just come back last week from my 11th overseas trip this year, um, visiting with people that are talking to us about future events or talking to us about um, new sponsorship opportunities or or new television opportunities in, in various parts of the world. So, you know, we are, we are really flavour of the month in lots of parts of the world now. There's lots of focus on us, lots of discussion about us. Uh, there's lots of interest in um, overseas manufacturers joining the championship. There's lots of interest in, in overseas uh, teams um, becoming teams in the championship. Um, there's interest in overseas drivers driving in the championship. Mm. It's, uh, it's actually got very, very exciting for all of us. And uh, I have to say, um, you know, um, I... At the start of this year, I believe my big task was to get the, the sale process concluded and I would get some breathing time. But the reality for me has been that because of the huge interest in overseas and having to, you know, try and deal with that interest, I've uh, I've spent all of this year uh, working fairly hard and uh, I won't really get a proper break until Christmas and I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, it's, it's an exciting time to be involved in Australian motorsport and... Uh, um, you know, we've got some of our biggest events of the year about to unfold and um, some great news with the announcement that Channel 7 are absolutely committed from now on uh, into taking all our races live. So for fans right around Australia, they'll be able to tune in uh, to 7 and, and absolutely watch the races on television as they're unfolding live. And uh, whether they're in Perth or whether they're in uh, Townsville, uh, Darwin or in uh, Tasmania, it's all going to be on air live. So it's a, it's a great time to be involved in the sport. Mm. Now, I can't let you go without asking you about uh, this uh, ridiculous situation that's jumped up in Sydney again with uh, one MP trying to uh, make a name for himself. Well, you, you summed up in one. I mean, the day Australian motorsport starts listening to what green MPs want, we're in deep trouble because I'll tell you what, for any motorsport fan listening, I'll tell you what the Greens want. They want a bad motorsport. They want to get rid of it completely. So don't, don't be sucked into thinking this is just a Greens MP who wants to move it from one location to another location. If, if, if Australian motorsport fans actually believe that, then they also believe in the tooth fairy. Um, you know, this is a thin, thin edge of the wedge as far as the Greens are concerned. Um, they just see motorsport as something completely alien to their way of life. Um, and uh, give it a chance, they'd shut it down totally. So uh, my advice to motorsport fans is to absolutely resist this sort of garbage. Um, you know, talks about massive discontent uh, by the neighbours around Homebush. I attended, which he didn't, by the way, I attended the protest meeting uh, prior to the first um, race at Homebush just over two years ago. And uh, there was 13 people in attendance at the protest meeting. Of those 13, three of them were us who were there to address the protesters with issues they may have had. So there was 10 protesters. Now, last time I looked, Sydney had a population of about five-something million. I'm not sure my arithmetic's not very good, but 10 out of 5 million, I would hardly call that, at what, which he called it in the, in the parliament the other night, uh, of course, he's got parliamentary privilege, so he can make any sort of extraordinary statement and, um, you know, not be held accountable. But I'd hardly call 10 protesters a massive uh, turnout. Mm. And finally, Tony, 
when are you going to bite the bullet and make Shane Howard CEO? Because he's acted in the job so well over the past couple of years. Surely he earned that right. Mate, uh, Shane Howard is an outstanding contributor to uh, Australian motorsport. I mean, the job he has done uh, since he joined V8 Supercars and before that, many of your listeners wouldn't know, but he was the um, in charge of all the engineering of the IndyCar track on the Gold Coast. Um, you know, he, he was a former driver once himself. Uh, he is a great, great contributor to Australian motorsport and people that in Australian motorsport that have to deal with Shane would uh, acknowledge that statement. Um, right at the moment, he's, he's taken on the acting role. He's yet to indicate whether he's interested in um, putting his hand up for the job. Uh, but look, um, Shane Howard is an um, unbelievable contributor to V8 Supercars and uh, an absolute... Uh, a must-have guy in our organisation and, uh, you know, I'm delighted to uh, be working alongside him and uh, I'm delighted to, uh, you know, show him my full support at any stage I can. So uh, uh, rest assured, Shane Howard has a huge and very important and ongoing role in all things V8 Supercar. So that means how's the rest of the hunt going then? Oh, look, to be perfectly honest, this was a... Um, this, these changes came about uh, out of the uh, Bain & Co process, which was part of what Archer uh, did when they uh, got into the business. Uh, we knew that was their intention. Uh, has the support of... Um, the, the report had the support of the team owners. Um, and uh, this is the very first phase of that. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, they haven't even started the, uh, the hunt for a replacement. Um, Shane's certainly aware that he'll probably be in that role... Of, um, in an acting capacity at least until January of next year. Um, and, uh, you know, in the meantime, it's, uh, um, you know, Archer will start to undertake a, um, a you know, a major um, search for uh, a potential new CEO, which, which may, of course, include um, Shane. Shane may decide uh, uh, to put his hand up and uh, run for the role himself. That'll be a decision I'm sure he'll make in the clear light of day. Mm, I'm sure he'd be happy just to have one hat on rather than the uh, the many that he's operating with now as we go into the busiest part of the year for his branch of the operation. Absolutely. With, uh, Tony, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on V8 Insiders and uh, we look forward to an exciting season of endurance which uh, you'll be enjoying as much as everyone else. Absolutely. All the best, Craig. Thank you. After the break, Dan Crane talks tech with us here on the V8 Insiders. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Dan Crank joins us on the line to talk tech once again. And the Irwin Tools car's been in a bit of the news at the moment. Your driver, speculation over his future. 
putting aside what might happen with the driver, how soon does the engineer find out what he's doing in, in subsequent years? Um, that's a really good question, Craig. Really, that's probably one for, for my guys, Ross and Jimmy, actually. Um, usually, we're sort of part of the decision um, sometimes, uh, and other times uh, we're not really briefed or brought into the decision. But I suppose, as with everyone who's in the sport, you hear all the innuendo and uh, all the media rumours that are floating around, and, you know, there's talk. Um, but yeah, like I said, a lot of guys, especially the, the two guys who own the team, a bit tight-lipped at the moment, and uh, I'm sure in the subsequent weeks we'll know a little bit more about what's going on. Mm. Now, we still have a job to do this year, and it's coming up to what everyone thinks are the two most important races of the year. Is Phillip Island and Bathurst to you the most important? Uh, that's a good question. To be honest, every, every race is an important race. I mean, it's a... Uh, you know, it's a long championship with uh, multiple events. But I think the thing where everyone focuses on the enduros is you've got a lot more opportunity to um, bounce back if you have a bit of an issue or a mistake. And at the same time, um, it's also a good way that if you're, uh, you know, just a little bit behind a few people in the championship, they just need to have a little bit of a bad day and you can really propel yourself up the order. So our, our preparations change a little bit because obviously they shift focus to a, a different style of event. But uh, in terms of the importance... Um, we're putting as much effort into these as we would um, any other race meeting. Mm. Obviously, with two drivers, that's an extra engineering challenge for you. Oh, definitely. You know, an extra driver uh, and managing that whole situation becomes uh, a complete different kettle of fish. If you're fortunate enough to have a, a second driver, which is basically um, has the same driving style as your primary driver, that makes things a lot easier for us. But really, it's um, all about developing a relationship quite quickly uh, with that driver and an understanding of what he needs to get out of the car as opposed to your primary driver and then uh, working around the little uh, the little things to fit the driver and make him comfortable like his seating position uh, he might have to have his own seat insert um, belt length uh, distance to the pedal steering wheel height all that sort of stuff becomes a compromise and uh, as long as you've got two drivers that are willing to, to compromise a little bit with each other for the overall performance of the car um, it's usually pretty smooth sailing a seat insert is something that you can quickly manoeuvre in and out. Are there things like... Uh, yeah, it is. We, uh, we make them that way. Um, normally what you would do is if you've got two drivers of uh, vastly different sizes is you would uh, have the primary insert in there, which stays in the seat the whole time. They'd be moulded to, you, to your uh, taller or larger driver. And then we'd have a little uh, insert which would basically fill the void uh, for the, um, the smaller driver and that would come in and out during a pit stop, as you'd see when we do the driver changes. Mm. Is there things like steering column heights that are adjustable? Of, of course, most of us these days have a car where it's got a quick lock steering column and uh, you can move it up and down to suit yourself. Do you have any sort of adjustments like that for driver comfort? Well, our, our particular team, I'd say no. We, we work fairly hard to try and size our drivers appropriately to, um, to avoid that. But there are many mechanisms and many teams out there which can adjust the, the steering wheel height in a pit stop. And the interesting thing is, I suppose, with drivers is a lot of people wouldn't uh, realise that I've, I've worked with a lot of driver pairings in the past where they're almost the same physical height, but their um, their body proportions are quite different in their torso in their, and then their uh, hip to, uh, to leg length. And you can actually have two drivers quite the same size that require completely different seating styles and steering wheel positions. So, yeah, it becomes a little bit more of an art than just simply uh, putting two guys back to back and picking them that are probably similar in height. Mm. I guess one thing I've always enjoyed is I've always liked a large steering wheel, a large diameter steering wheel when I've raced. 
some drivers like those little aircraft ones. Is a steering wheel change a possibility? And if so, do you have many weird weird things like that? Um, it, it's sort of it's physically a possibility. Uh, there's a number of teams, including ourselves, which have got uh, the electronics that are on the steering wheel um, pinned into the steering column through a little central plug. So we basically just uh, quick release the steering wheel and the whole mechanism comes off. However, electronically, um, without turning the car off during a pit stop, it's not really viable. So you will find that some teams will do... uh, The quick release won't actually pull the steering wheel off to change the diameter as such, but some drivers would prefer it a little bit closer or further away, and they can basically have like a detented mechanism where um, they can adjust the length by simply just sliding the steering wheel either away from them or slightly towards them during the pit stop. Mm. Well, many, many things people can look for throughout the Enduros. Of course, they say there's three Enduros now, but what's an engineer's view of having international drivers coming and potentially tearing up your kit? Yeah, it, it's always a, an interesting discussion point, that one, to be honest. Um, look, I guess last year was a bit of an experiment, um, and it really was good in a lot of ways that we got some seriously professional drivers from all over the world in quite internationally renowned events to come and uh, to join us to race in our series. So I guess that's sort of built into this year that uh, we're expecting a little bit less carnage, I suppose, because a lot of the drivers are returning from last year. And I, I think, as we found last year, a lot of carnage happened on the Saturday, but by Sunday's 300-kilometre uh, race, I think a lot of the international drivers have become a little bit more attuned to how much room they need to to leave between walls and themselves and other cars and um, I think it was a a lot better managed so I think this year you'll probably see more of a professional race as opposed to um, some big crashes. Mm. Well Dan it's always a pleasure to catch up with you and uh, all the best for Phillip Island as we uh, get set for the season of endurance. No worries, thank you Craig. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Well, welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Inside Motorsport, Peter Norton. Hi there, Craig. And from V8X Magazine, new issue on sale now, and Adrian Mussolino, it is a beauty, with uh, Stephen Johnson on the cover. Plenty of fans liking that, or liking the fact that Stephen's up there. Definitely, and also the Bathurst 1000 preview, and the fans can't wait for that one. Mm. Come no, but first we have to get through 500 kilometres at Phillip Island. Who's got the mojo at the moment, Adrian? Well, there's no question it's Triple Eight. That's their form this season, but their form from the Enduros last year. They're the team to beat. And, you know, I looked at the entry list today, and you see Scaife and Mounts together in Triple Eight machinery. You know, it really is a combination that's hard to beat. and I think that's the overwhelming favourite heading into this weekend. Peter, is it all about Triple Eight and Mark and and Mark and Craig, or are the factory teams going to do something? 
Well, it's hard to tell from recent form uh, because the recent uh, races have been mostly on the uh, soft tyres. Um, we've seen the disasters from uh, Ford Performance Racing and uh, HRT uh, haven't really stepped up to the mark. They're having their, their own problems in getting those cars to, to have the speed that they need. So the usual players aren't showing the form, but the endurance uh, races changing to different tyres and the very nature of those tracks and the races means that I think those usual players uh, will be stronger, but will they be strong enough? That's what uh, is going to be fascinating. Adrian, obviously from your answer, you're not seeing too many challenges to the Triple Eight Monster. It'll be difficult. Um, As Peter said, the challenges have been quite inconsistent this year, and I think we saw that quite a bit where, you know, Tim Slade and Stone Brothers really just came from nowhere almost and sort of were the only real challenger to those two Triple Eight cars. Enduro is a different game. Stone Brothers have struggled in Enduro. So interesting to see whether they can carry their form in. But I, I don't think we should rule out FPR and HRT. Love the runs on the board in the Enduros. I think FPR, for me, is a bit of a dark horse when everyone's writing them off, but Frosty and Stephen Richards, that's a good combination heading into that race. Peter, it's just that they have been so disappointing at times that it's hard to really give them any credit. Yeah, the, what's interesting here is that... Um, not only that the technical aspects are going to be different, the co-driver's roles are going to be fascinating as well, particularly at Phillip Island where we have the qualifying race uh, and the whole new level of strategy comes into it about uh, where do you have driver A, where do you have driver B to maximise your starting position for the actual 500-kilometre race. And if you actually look through the field, um, some of those other... Uh, teams that have performed quite well in recent uh, recent months, they don't necessarily have that same depth of performance in their co-driver ranks. Uh, so while they have recent speed, I think they've still got some weaknesses there in terms of the total package. So I think you really do need to look at HRT and Ford Performance Racing to get that uh, uh, more traditional depth and, and quality in the, in the co-drivers. They're the only ones, I think, that can really mount a real challenge against Triple Eight. Adrian, what do we actually learn from those qualifying races? It's just, I think they're a great chance for the co-drivers to really stamp their authority on the main game and sort of shine um, away from the, the main series driver um, that they're going to be paired with because inevitably they won't get as many laps in the main races. So it's a chance for them to really put their best foot forward and I'm looking forward to seeing the likes of you know, Nick Perker and Andrew Thompson and these real youngsters who have got these great rides in the Enduros to see what they can do on that Saturday. Mm. Interesting times ahead. Uh, is there any dark horse that we haven't spoken about, Adrian, that you think we need to keep an eye on this weekend? I'm not sure if they're a dark horse by a strict definition, but Stephen Johnson David Bernard, for me, is one combination which I think will be very strong. Um, DJR, great Enduros. Stephen Johnson, you know, Bathurst has been sort of, you know, the high point of his career. He's had a few great races there. David Bernard was really one of the stars of Bathurst last season. So put that all together, I think that's the one combination I'd probably put $5 on. Well, we don't bet here on the V8 Insiders, but Peter, who would you go to the bookmaker for? Ooh, that's tricky. I'm just scrolling through the field at the moment and uh, I'm struggling because so many teams have... uh, what I would regard as a, as a weaker co-driver. 
Now that could be weaker because they're, they're young and simply don't have the experience or they could be quite experienced over the years but don't have the same uh, volume of racing miles recently. Uh, so I, I think really that uh, uh, I'm struggling. I, I think Courtney and McConville would be what I'd define as a dark horse because they haven't had the recent form. I think some of the, the young uh, talent coming up like Percat, um, uh, also Andrew Thompson, yes they're performing well in the Fujitsu series but this is a whole different level and it's going to be interesting to see how they stack up. I don't think they're quite there yet. Mm, interesting. You just went to factory teams in Triple Eight. <laughs> it's time for Gas and Go here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Gas and Go, five questions in three minutes. How are we looking today? Lounge, he wants a chase in the series. Do you? Um, it really just depends on how far Wind Cup is ahead, isn't it? If we can have a mechanism that brings him back to the field to liven up the, uh, the last couple of races, hey, maybe, there's a, maybe that's a good idea. Adrian? No, no chance. Um, the reason it works in NASCAR is because of the city races, so it allows that period at the end where they can get it's done. The V8 calendar just isn't long enough, and I think it'd just be too difficult to sell the idea to fans. Mm-hmm. Now, Adrian, Speed USA will be covering Bathurst live this year. Will the Yanks go boogity boogity over it? I think they'll enjoy it. I think you know Bathurst is a great track, and we. We get used to it each year, but you forget when you sort of step back and just watch the racing, how, how great it is. And I think they'll love it. It's so different to what anything else they have over there. And I think that also the Gold Coast event with all the IndyCar drivers there, I think that really, you know, get on board for those two events. Mm, Peter, will I go boogity-boogity or perhaps giggity-giggity? Um, I'm not sure what words they will use, but I think it's great that they're, they're, they're making an investment to come out here and provide a decent coverage. They're not just putting their commentators in a, a dark booth in the US, watch it on the screen and put a voiceover. Um, they're making the investment to come out here, which means that they'll learn about the history and some of the culture and some of the personalities, and they'll be able to convey that in their telecast. And I think they're the things that make Bathurst great, and uh, hopefully the Americans can fall in love with it just like we are. Mm. Now, will Jonathan Webb-Peter need more than the force to get him to the victory this weekend? Of course, he's got the Bathurst. Uh, sorry, of course, he's got the Star Wars Blu-ray on the side of the car. Um, I think it's great to see those uh, uh, tie-ups come in from left field. Um, I think with Richard Lyons as his co-driver, um, he may need some sort of external force or something there. Uh, nothing against Richard, but he just doesn't have the same level of experience that's required to have that breakthrough. Don't get me started on Richard Lyons, no. Adrian. I think you know Jonathan Webb's had a, a struggle this season. He's the first to admit. Certainly after the, the big, um, you know, the great rookie season he had last year, it's been really difficult. I think, you know, top 10 would be a great result for him over the weekend. And, yeah, expectations aren't too high there. All right, Adrian, the showdown, the V8 Supercar showdown is getting close to reveal who will be racing at Bathurst. Will they be ready for the mountain? That's a big question. I think that's a big concern for a lot of people. Um, you know, there's two Formula Ford races, one uh, British driver and, and one you know, female driver who hasn't had a lot of experience of late. So I think they're really going to be thrown in at the deep end. It's a really big ask. You know, I would have preferred it if they had Philip Island as a bit of a lead-up event just to get some miles on the board. But the way the reality show is working, they're going to be doing it from 
the week before. So I think they're in for a big ask. Mm, Peter? Um, it takes me back to days of old where uh, I think it was Russell Ingall gave uh, Richard Mork uh, a verbal bashing uh, in the media for being a mobile chicane. Um, yeah, this could be the same because I share Adrian's concerns. They just haven't got the same mileage in the car to be ready for such a, an important race. Mm, well, the dominoes of silly season all seem to be waiting for this one to fall. When does Lethal Lee make his decision, Pete? Uh, I thought it was May. But we, we, of course, can't announce it till after Bathurst or some other later time. OK. Uh, Adrian? That seems to be the way that it's all but done and there'll be an announcement after Bathurst or, or, or maybe around the surface paradise uh, period. I think that sort of dominoes forward and now it's a case of where the others go, namely Russell Engel, Alex Davison, um, who replaces Paul Dumbrell. There's a few tasty rides out there and there's a few names being thrown in the mix, so the silly season's got a way to go yet. Mm, interesting indeed. That's Gas and Go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Of course, Gas and Go was brought to you by VNX Magazine, Stephen Johnson. On the cover, get your Bathurst preview right now. Guys, just before we have to wrap it up here, because of the extended interview with Tony Cochran, we're only really doing this uh, whole block, but uh, the Sydney 500, well, it's secure for now, Peter, but I know when we were talking about it off air, you going, what does this mean? Not currently in negotiation, re-2014 onwards. Yes, that's right, uh, Craig. Uh, you, you're referring to a, a newspaper article where uh, someone from the New South Wales government is quoted as saying that the government is not currently in negotiations with V8 supercars uh, regarding the renewal. Um, now, in political doublespeak, that could mean anything. It could mean that it's too early to have negotiations or it could mean that we uh, are going to honour the current contract but we have no intention to have negotiations in the future. Um, it's going to be an interesting one because, uh, uh, of course, that event was uh, uh, signed up to by the previous government. Uh, the new government are not necessarily uh, in love with it as much as the previous guys. And I think V8 supercars uh, have a, a little bit of work to do to sell uh, that event to the hearts and minds of the people in power there now. Mm, Tony sort of indicated earlier, Adrian, that everything was still going along according to the uh, original contracted schedule. Yes, but as Peter said, it's going to be difficult to stop both government. I think there's definitely pressure there from the current government. Um, you know, I think all the VAs can do is continue to put on a great show. If you get the numbers again there this year and there's no reason why they won't, then it's going to be harder and harder for the New South Wales government to pull the rug from that event. And I think that's the key selling point that so far it has exceeded expectations so there's no reason to move it um i think that's the point that they need to get across mm. and of course there's no link between eastern creek and the sydney street race anyway that's just uh, because there's a racetrack there doesn't mean the race has to go there either so it's Absolutely. and eastern creek is sort of currently under redevelopment yeah there's no reason why we don't have to in a sydney market only big enough in terms of I guess from a New government perspective they're coming from the view of we've got this permanent facility there you know why do we need the street event but I think if they go to the two events they'll see they're very different mm, yeah indeed Adrian Mussolino from VX Magazine and Peter Norton from Inside Motorsport thanks very much for joining us once again here on the V8 Insiders thank, thank you, you.
After the break, Chris Lambden, the Independent Commissioner, joins us. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lab, Chris Landon is the V8 Independent Commissioner. He has his own ideas about where the series is heading and we asked him... Would it be in V8's interest to have a team take on the no-name chassis and no-name engine package for the future or do you then need, if there's no new cars coming to the sport, you'd need everyone still to be Ford and Holden until that manufacturer appears? Um, hard to say. That's an interesting thing. Uh, I, I'm not sure at the moment, but I, I get the feeling that, that, that Ford and Holden things, particularly, say, shall we say, the you know the teams that don't have a direct factory affiliation with Holden or Ford, would perhaps be free to use the the spec engine, shall we call it, uh, if if it was going to help their situation. You know, if, instead of a hundred odd thousand an engine, you're, you're paying fifty thousand for an engine that. That's got equal performance, but a, a bit more durability. That may be attractive for some of the teams without a direct affiliation, um, and I think that's probably going to be an option for them down the track. But there's no doubt that the, uh, the you know the no-name engine, which has the ability to, to carry a brand, is there to to uh, encourage a manufacturer who doesn't have a V8 engine to give it some thought. We talk about overseas races, but also there's that problem with the length of the calendar. We run from February to December. Is the Commission there to look at trying to shorten this up or is, once again, that a board idea? Uh, the board sets the calendar and negotiates it, but the Commission does get to comment on it and, and have some input uh, before it's finalised. And, um, look, and I'm fairly certain that, for example, next year's calendar uh, won't start until, for example, March. You know, there is that, you know, that thing. But, look, at the end of the day, if you're adding two or three races, yes it's going to cost more but um, I think the, the, the deal with the overseas races is they're pretty much self-funding, the, the promo- overseas promoters are paying uh, as I said I'm not privy to this but uh, my, my guess and my understanding is they're paying enough to cover the team costs and doing the extra races Will, when you go to having four cars in every two car team is there a is there a feeling that that's also going to bring up the labour resources, which at times can be very difficult to get people to commit to what is a very hectic program for such long hours and such a long year? Oh, possibly. I mean, that, that's, that'll be down to the individual teams. You know, no one will be forced to have four cars, but it's just my view that with that number of races and, and you know, uh, the, the shortened times in between and the number of races that the, the you know, the smart teams will have one or two cars that they recycle around I mean as you know like there are NASCAR teams in America like Marcus Ambrose team has 19 cars now that's that's a, you know that's because of the different circuits and the way they tailor it and they have people who never go outside the factory you know they're just they're just recycling cars and uh, so having four cars is not the biggest deal in the world but uh, I think it's possibly going to become an option for some of these guys, and, and by that I don't even necessarily mean complete cars, I mean it might be that engines swap over and things like that, but 
Um, but, you know, if you have uh, a lot of races are only going to be two weeks apart and you start smashing up cars, you're going to need to have some spares. What is your goal for your time? And I, I'm not sure how long you are the independent commission member for, but uh, what's your goal that you'd like to see achieved in the time that you're there? Um, interesting question. It's Look, it's a two-year appointment. Every, everyone's appointed a commission for two years and then, you know, they review it. You know, if you're an idiot, bye-bye, so on and so on. Look, I think all you can do is... Um, and the idea of an independent person is literally to bring a, a point of view on any discussion you have that, that's not tainted or, or, you know, pushed in one direction by interests involved in the sport. You know, so, you know, it might be that I represent the view of the punters, you know, or uh, uh, people outside the sport or that, that kind of thing in particular. So it's really hard to know what the aim is. I mean, I'm not going to revolutionise the sport, but I've always been a big fan uh, like they have with the AFL, where, where the AFL is actually completely independent, and, and all the 16 teams don't, you know, don't run it. Uh, I think we're a little way away from that now, but this is the first step towards having a degree of independent thinking, shall we say, uh, at, at the end of the sport where it's being run. What's been the biggest surprise to you since you've become a member of the uh, extended V8 family? Uh, well, look, it's only been eight weeks so far, so I'm still pretty new to it. Um, no big surprises. I mean, other than really, look, at the end of the day, they're all blokes. They're just they're human beings. They're not demigods, you know. They're, 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 they're all pretty enthusiastic about the sport um, from whatever angle they come from, especially the team owners. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's... At the end of the day, everyone's pulling in the same direction, but everyone's going to have a different view. And I don't think it's any different from being on any... You know, once a long, long time ago, I was on my local go-kart club committee, and frankly, you know, it's all the same. You know, someone gets a strong view and, and, and has some ludicrous idea, and then you've got to persuade them that maybe that's not the, the best, best way to go. So no real surprises. It's just, um, you know, it's important to have a good mix of people who can actually talk frankly about stuff and... I'm sure they'll make mistakes and uh, so on and so on, but I think it's a reasonable mix. You've enjoyed it so far? Oh, so far, mate. I'm here and I'm not paying the, uh, the air ticket. It's great. My thanks to Chris Lambden, Tony Cochran and, of course, Adrian Mussolino, as well as Peter Norton as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.